Hey guys, welcome back to the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast, the podcast where I hiccup, go over nerd shit I feel like talking about every other Friday for you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. This is episode three of our new universe reboot, uh, and if you're new to the 40 Ounce Fridays podcast, I like talking about stuff within the nerd sphere, be it like anime, music, games, uh, any other form of media, you know, like comics, tabletop games, all kinds of stuff like that, and just general discourse and discussion within the nerd world. That stuff I like digging into, talking about, giving my opinion on, and just overall shooting the shit with you guys. So this week uh, was going to be about music. I was going to continue this chain we've been doing for the last few episodes of the podcast, where uh, the first of these three was about media criticism, mainly going over the criticism of just like anime, TV shows, movies, and stuff like that, uh, and how a lot of people uh, are seeing the 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 world of media criticism is more of like, it's either good or it's bad. There's no middle ground to it. And I think that's weird, but it is that fine line is becoming smaller and smaller. Last episode, we talked about video games and that whole discussion of is gaming dead? Like this rise of like, oh, there's nothing to play. Gaming's looking dry that I've seen a lot of people bring up a lot on the internet, mainly on Twitter, of course, but you know, uh, gaming is clearly not dead. We, we could talk about that all day. Uh, I believe in the last episode I said, it is September, and I can name you a good game that's come out. Uh, there are like nine games on that list so far, like nine like really big popular ones, not just nine good games this year. And I was like, that's like a game a month. Like, let's say these came out once a month. That's like a game a month so far, and we still have October, November, and December to get through for 2023, so I think that's ridiculous. This episode, we were gonna go over music, because I feel like that's definitely a more nuanced discussion, but because it's a more nuanced discussion, uh, in terms of like, I think people have some good points on both sides, and I think people have some bad points on both sides. So I think that one's actually a little more fun to sink our teeth into, in terms of like, uh, is music dying? Is hip-hop dying? Especially, I know a lot of people have been talking about that. What's going on with the music world? Nothing has soul anymore. da 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 this and that. You can go back and forth with it all day. And I feel like there's a lot more to discuss, so I like to, like, dig into that a little more and do a little research, maybe ask questions to, like, friends and people I know just to get their input on it and see how they feel. So we'll save that for next episode. Let's let's keep things chill, easy breezy, this, uh, this one. And I think I just want to talk about games I'm excited to be playing that are coming up uh, for the rest of this year and also through 2024. Mainly early 2024 so far, there's some stuff that doesn't have official release dates yet. It just says coming in 2024. So that's pretty much what we'll be doing. I'll be going over those games, recommending them to you if you're into them. If you're not, oh well, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I guess you can think of this as a heartfelt sequel to Is Gaming Dead? Clearly it's not, because I have a lot of games I want to play. <laughs> Also, disclaimer, I'm not saying these are the only good games that are going to be available to play. These are just games I'm personally look, looking forward to, to playing uh, throughout the rest of this year. Some of these games have already come out this year. I just haven't had the time to play them yet. So that's, that's just me. This is just me talking. So right now I'm in the home stretch of Trails of Azure. I'm on the final chapter right now. If you don't know about the Trails series, I've talked about it before way back on earlier episodes of the podcast. Uh, it is a JRPG series uh, that spans multiple games, uh, I believe. As far as the US goes, we have 10 games, 
while the while Japan, you know, the official just regular scheduled release is about to hit their 13th game in the series, which will be part three of the current story arc they're on. The game is split into different story arcs, but it is set in the same world on the same continent. So there's different kingdoms and, and uh, empires and states and stuff like that. And these various characters interact with the world. They're fighting against different organizations, societies, teaming up, going against each other. There's a lot of stuff moving around in this plot, but they're split into arcs. Like the first three games are called Trails in the Sky. So that's called the Sky Arc. Then you have Trails into uh, Trails from Zero, Trails into Azure. Uh, people commonly call it the Crossbell Arc because those two games are set in the Crossbell State. You have Trails of Cold Steel set in the Empire of Erebonia. That was four games. Uh, and then you have some, you have Trails into Reverie, which is kind of like an epilogue cap off to like what's happened in those previous nine titles. And now we are in a place called the Republic of Calvert in that world, a place that's often been brought up a lot throughout the history. We've just never been there yet in a rival to Erebonia. And that's where we're getting what is officially called in the uh, Western release, because we'll talk about that in a little bit trails into daybreak uh so i'm I, i'm kind of looking not kind of i'm looking real real forward to that but yeah trails is a big series i won't get any deeper into it because that'll just be the podcast if i only talk about trails all day <laughs> but just know there's a lot of games uh i jumped in during the cold steel era so that was like the third story arc uh, i played through all four games back to back to back i bought them all on a sale because Cold Steel 4 was getting ready to come out in America. So I was like, cool, I'll buy all these because they're super cheap, play through them. And then by by that time, Cold Steel 4 should already have come out at that point. And I had it like pre-ordered. So loved it, absolutely loved it. Went back in and I've played Sky Games via emulator. Uh, they're also available on Steam. The hardest games to get by until recently though were the Crossbell games. That would be Trails from Zero into and Trails uh, to Trails from Zero, Trails <laughs> to Azure. I, that one's all the the Crossbell games are always hard for me to remember their titles because they don't have like just like you know the Sky games, Trails in the Sky first chapter, Trails in the Sky second chapter, or Trails of Cold Steel one two three shit like that. They they have different names just because of different planning phases back then, but um they didn't originally come to America until like recently. Like uh, the first game, Zero, uh, in that duology came out last year. And then this one came out uh, <laughs> early this year or something like that, or like way earlier. But it took a long time. It, and it's crazy because the Cold Steel games came out after, they're set after, yet they got translated and localized first. So. Luckily, we finally got them localized. Uh, there was a team, uh, they were called Geofront, named after something within the Trails world that did translations. We're doing fan translations, and I think they got to heavily help work on the official localization, I believe. I would have to look into that, don't quote me. But these games are actually big fan favorites for a lot of Trails fans. A lot of people love the setting, uh, they love the music, they love the story, and they love the, the core cast of characters in the Trails portion, uh, in this portion of the trail series for the crossbow games. I do too. It's a detective story set in a small town and there's a mystery going on. Uh, I fucking right up my alley. That is my genre. <laughs> so I've been having a good time. I'm finishing up uh, this final game. I'm on the last chapter home stretch. 
if you're a Trails fan, you know Trails games are notoriously uh, long. If you want to read everything and get every little detail and every little side activity out, you can spend hours doing it. Uh, but you get a lot of fun information. <laughs> and so I'm finishing that up. Once I finish that up, there's a game I've been meaning to play for a minute. Uh, it's been on my radar. A friend of mine brought it up to me way back when it was first still in development and I think still looking for backers. And that is Sea of Stars. Uh, sea of Stars is definitely very reminiscent of like the old school JRPG games, especially stuff like if you're a fan of Chrono Trigger, if you know what Chrono Trigger is, boy, uh, masterpiece. Uh, I think I talked about this in the last podcast, but you know, this just goes to expand on that. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Chrono Trigger is one of my favorite video games of all time. So I'm, I'm super excited to so play something very Chrono Trigger-esque. That's what I'll be playing uh, after Azure. There is Trails into Reverie, which is going to be the next game for me canonically, because then I'll, I'll, be, I'll be caught up with the previous games. So then all I have to do is keep up to date on the American releases. And Reverie is already out. It's been out for a few months. It's just I haven't bought Reverie yet. And my friend had two Sea of Star codes, so he gave me one of the codes. So I already have the game. I know it's going to be a much shorter playthrough than Reverie. I know I'm going to pour fucking at bare minimum 100 hours into Reverie. Uh, and with this game, I'll probably, uh, I think they said it was about 25 hours to beat. So I'll probably put in like 40 to 50 maybe if I really want to just be extra like I usually am with JRPGs. <laughs> so Sea of Stars is definitely next. It's also on the Switch, so I can just play, I just finish up Azure, because I have it on my Switch, jump into Sea of Stars on my Switch, and then I'm getting Reverie on the PS5, and I'll be sticking to the PS5, because from there, pretty much everything I've been, I'm, I'll be wanting to play, it's gonna mainly be on the PS5, I got a few things that are gonna be on Xbox, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But uh, the next thing I'll be playing after Reverie is something that I've been meaning to play for a minute. It, it, it recently, I think it was earlier this month or like late last month, finally came to PS5, to console, and that is Baldur's Gate 3. Oh my God. Uh, I, I talked about it last podcast. You know, I've been saying I, I got into D&D with friends. I'm currently uh, in the middle of a campaign with a bunch of friends. We play every Wednesday. So I'm actually playing, as of this recording, I'm recording this the Wednesday before it comes out. I'll be playing tonight, and then I have another campaign with uh, my wife and my roommates and some other friends. Uh, we're about to we're about to officially do our first session, so this one will be in person. We'll all be at the house. We finally got our characters all finalized and whatnot, and everything ready to go. So I'm looking forward to Baldur's Gate three because it, it has a lot of D and D five E elements, and I, that's the main thing I play. I play five E, and it just sounds like something I'll be uh, able to sink even more of my life into. Oh, joy. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, everyone that's played it has said nothing but good things. And I know people personally who have similar tastes in like games as me, mainly with especially with like RPG stuff. So and people that uh, that I play the D&D campaigns with also play it because they all have PCs because they're fancier than me <laughs> and they absolutely love it. So I, I have enough good faith in this game to know that I'll, I'll enjoy it and I'm ready to get it. But that'll that'll be what I'll be sinking my time into next. And then and ideally, I want to finish all this stuff before the year ends. I don't know if I'll have the time to or not, but we'll see. <laughs> 
And then the last thing I want to play that's coming, that's out this year, uh, is Like a Dragon, uh, Gaiden, the man who erased his name. This is, uh, if you're a fan of the Yakuza series, that's what that is. And, you know, I played uh, Like a Dragon 7. Uh, that's the thing that got me into the Yakuza series and going back and seeing Kiryu. But uh, you can play Like a Dragon 7, Yakuza 7. Uh, new main character new main cast it has you know nods and things from the previous titles but you don't need to deeply know those to enjoy yakuza 7. uh you can jump in with uh ichiban kasuka and still have a good time it's definitely like a fresh new start to the yakuza series without uh abandoning the series roots with the yakuza 1 through 6 with the kiryu games but I'm getting geared up for that because the man who erased his name does involve Kazuma Kiryu, <laughs> and that's going to gear us up for something that'll be coming out in 2024. So once uh, I'll get into 2024, but also there's one more thing that comes out this year that I've been looking forward to playing. I don't know if I'll end up playing it this year. I might end up picking it up later just because, uh, due to story limitations on the game and that is infinity stress dragon quest dies uh, big adventure i've talked about that manga series and that anime series a lot on the podcast absolutely love it it is in my top five anime manga series of all time uh i remember just like fuck dude we were like i was like half the anime was halfway through airing it was like on like episode 51 or 52 so we were a a little into the second half um and i was just so eager to see what happened next i was like fuck it i'm just gonna read the manga and i started reading the manga and i read the whole manga and finished it in like less than a week <laughs> and uh absolutely fantastic it is classic shonen at its finest that if i could describe dragon quest die in one sentence classic shonen at its fan finest that is what it is it's so fantastic i remember reading like uh the the panel like the full page spread of uh the the last fight the last attack and the last fight dude it was so epic i was like i can't wait to see this in the anime and you know toya is not the greatest when it comes to animation but and, and it showed and died they had some cg here and there in the 2020 anime version of die because there was an older one in, in i believe in the 90s or like the 80s but it didn't go through the whole story uh, the 2020 version of Die did. And yeah, there was CG here and there, but when they wanted to do good and put their all into an episode, into some animation, when they knew it was about to be a big fight, I'm the fights would be crazy. Oh, so good. And it it's just like, you it's something you think of and you have fond memories of. It's like, if you're a JRPG fan and you think back to when you were a kid and you had like the weekend to yourself, you didn't have shit to do, and you pop in a good like JRPG and you just play it all weekend and you you kind of think back to that like weekend or that summer and you're just like damn that was a good time that's how I feel when I think about like reading Dragon Quest Die or like watching the anime good anime too 100 episodes highly recommend it on Crunchyroll and they have the dub version on Hulu but they 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 localize the theme songs like it's the same theme songs but some dude singing it in English and he, he doesn't have a bad voice, he doesn't have the voice for the song. So it's like, ah, dude, mm, I don't know if I'll watch this dubbed on my rewatch just because of that. No, you know, I'm not gonna be an asshole, but. 
the games it looks cool it looks like an action adventure kind of rpg-ish uh game it, it it looks like a fun time it looks like mainly for people if you're a fan of dragon quest and dragon quest die you'll get a kick out of it i don't know if hardcore gamers are going to get a kick out of it it comes out the 28th so as of this recording it comes out tomorrow it comes out the day before this podcast will go up um it, it looks fun to me. I'm not just going to be picking it up right away, though, just because I have so many other things to play with stories that I haven't seen yet. Whereas with Dragon Quest Die, I know the story. I've read it and I've watched it. So I know the storyline. And also, I believe this game is only going to be going through half the main story. So it's not like the full adventure in one game. They do have a mode where you kind of go through like these cool little endless S dungeons and there's special boss fights that you can get that, you know, characters they wouldn't have encountered and fought within the first half of the series. And uh, special moves they wouldn't have had within the first half of the series. Shit like that. So maybe we'll get like DLC expansions in the future that add more story arcs. But I'll hold on picking this up. Maybe when there's a deal on it, I'll pick it up. Or maybe if there is just like some sort of gap in between stuff I want to play or if I need a break from playing a lot of like intensive JRPGs because I am going to be playing a lot of fucking RPGs <laughs> within like the span of a year. Uh, I'll probably pick that one up because I feel like that one will be easier to focus and play on because I know the story and it looks, it doesn't look like it's like super boring and generic, but it doesn't look too intensive in terms of combat either. It's definitely a game for the fans. It's one of those kind of games. But it, it's a step above something that looks like a button-mashy arena fighter, I think. I think it's it's going to be an okay game. But I'm a Dragon Quest fan, so I'm probably going to scoop it up. But I don't know if I'll get it in 2023. So my 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 roadmap for the rest of 2023 is is getting finished. Um, Azure is probably going to be done by, like, the end of this week. Uh, then I'll play Sea of Stars. Because the plan was to finish Azure before October started. So then Sea of Stars. Uh, however long it takes me to beat Sea of Stars. Trails in the Reverie. Boulder's Gate 3. And then hopefully I have enough time after all of that. Because Boulder's Gate and Trails in Reverie I know are going to take up the bulk of my time. <laughs> uh, we'll get into Like a Dragon Gaiden. And then we're moving into 2024. Uh, 2024 is stacked, boy. Uh, it's, it's fucking stacked. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I, there's no way I'm getting all, every single one of these games at launch. I'm just not gonna have the time or the money. <laughs> just, but, I will eventually be playing these games. Oh, and by the way, Like a Dragon Guiding comes out November 9th. So that, that's coming out a little over a month. We got time. We got time. But, for 2024, there is a lot of stuff coming out. Uh, just to get it out of the way, because this one doesn't have a release date... This is going to be the latest and possibly greatest coming out of Atlas. We have Metaphor Refantasio. Uh, this game has been in the works for a very, 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 very fucking long time. I think it was called like Refantasia or something previously. Like the project originally got announced, I think almost a decade ago, I want to say. Maybe something like that. And it's just kind of been silent and people are like, yo, this game does not fucking exist anymore. It's not happening. And then we got this trailer and this is what it's become. It is, it, first of all, 
we don't know too much about the gameplay or the story or stuff. It definitely looks very Persona-esque, but that's just because of the art style. But if one thing Atlas gets, it is like presentation and art style because wow, the, the visuals on this game, both like the graphics, the set pieces, the character designs, the environments, the menus, the menus look like presentation alone. This game looks mwah, fantastic. So at least even if it's not like a good, good game, at least you could say, well, it looked pretty on, on next gen, you know, at least it can be visually stunning. Let's hope everything else about it is good. I'm sure it's, it's Atlas. So I'm sure the combat will be decent depending on how they try to balance it out. Are they going to lean more towards persona as combat? Are they going to go more towards, um, Shin Megami Tensei type stuff. We don't know yet. Uh, it's looking like it's leaning more towards Persona, just the way like things are, we're looking visually, but we only have like a trailer, so we don't know. We don't know yet. Game does not have an official, official date, but it is supposed to be coming out worldwide simultaneously on in 2024. So it's coming out next year, apparently. That could change. They could all of a sudden be like, no, it's actually gonna come out in 2025. But we don't know yet. We'll get more news as we get more news. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and that's going to lead into like a, me doing like a Persona playthroughs. So I don't know. I also don't know. It depends because uh, well, we'll come back to Persona because actually the thing that's going the main thing I'm looking forward to for 2024 is the sequel to the remake series. That's right. So Final Fantasy VII Remake came out April 2020 or 2019. Uh, no, yeah, April 2020, April 10th, 2020. I was like, it was before I moved. I, I, I remember that. I still lived with my mom at the time. <laughs> it was a few months before I moved that that game came out. But April 10th, 2020, uh, we're get, we had remake and it was fantastic in my opinion. I know a lot of people have mixed thoughts about it. If not, not because of, you know, like, oh, the gameplay's different, oh, this and that. But a lot of people, you know, the ending, the story changes, things going on with remake and how the story's being told for remake. I'm fine with it because Look, if if you, I'm not hated on you. If you want a one-to-one -one remake of a game, I believe Dead Space is damn near a one-to-one -one remake. I think they added a few things, but in terms of just like the game's main story, nothing was really changed, and that's fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. But for me, if if you're gonna remake a game and I'm gonna replay it, I kind of want a new experience. Uh, so when 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 they announced that there would be changes being done to the story uh and things going on i way back before the game the first part even came out people people were worried people were like oh no about all that mm. and you know people still don't like that idea and people would have rather just like a one-to-one -one hd high quality crazy looking remake of final fantasy 7 just kind of like a shot for shot remake of it and I still would have played that. I still would have been totally fine with that. I would have absolutely loved it. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, also in my top 10. A lot of JRPGs in my top 10 games. But I, I did a, like a, a whole little review of Final Fantasy VII Remake way back when it first came out on the podcast. It's an old, old episode, but um, 
I enjoyed it a lot, and I appreciate it for what it was, because especially because Final Fantasy VII is the thing that got me into playing video, more video games. It got me into actually paying attention to the storylines that go on in video games, and it, it is one of the the early building blocks into of for me to become for wanting to become a writer. Like one of the early reasons why I wanted to write in the future and why I still write to this day is because of the story of Final Fantasy VII. So even if you don't like Final Fantasy VII, you have to appreciate the impact it's had within people, within the culture, within the community, within the gaming sphere, it kind of set a standard. And so I can understand why people wouldn't want it to change and why they would have just rather the shot for shot remake because to them that mean that game means so much to them. But coming from someone who also takes a lot of meaning and a lot of appreciation for that game, uh, I don't mind the change. Again, I would have appreciated, I still would have loved just like a shot for shot remake, but I like the idea that things are different. I like the idea that I can pop this game in and kind of understand where certain story uh, parts are going and understand, you know, oh yeah, yeah, and then this happened, then this happened, but then also be hit with like, oh, whoa, well that's fucking different. Whoa, I wasn't, you know, I'm paying money and I'm getting like a, a new experience. And at the end of the day, I can, if, if I don't like Remake, or, well, I like Remake, if I don't like Rebirth or I don't like whatever they're gonna call part three, and I decide like, oh, I didn't really like that in the end, I can still always play the original. The original Final Fantasy VII is literally playable on fucking everything on everything <laughs> you can you can play that game on everything <laughs> like so i can always just be like hey, i don't fuck with remake i just play the original or something like that and everyone else can too but for people who enjoy remake and are looking forward to it oh my god it looks so good <laughs> it looks the open world looks so good traversing looked really cool riding on the chocobos climbing the wall red 13 Sitting on a fucking chocobo. What is going on? The chocobo chicks are adorable. The combat was looking clean. We got more team up attacks uh, a la integrate. That's something I also need to finish because I've already played remake, but I got, I got, you know, the PS5 upgrade free when I got my PS5. And then uh, I bought, what is it called? Intermission, like the inter integrate stuff. So I have the Yuffie side story thing, but I haven't played it yet. So I had to find the time to, to squeeze that into. I might just do it before remake or rebirth comes out. Uh, not do like a full replay of remake, which would be easy to do if you're playing with the same levels, you know, same difficulty. But just playing the Yuffie storyline just so I could have that. So I, I, I have all the information I need going forward. Uh, but rebirth comes out February 29th, uh, 2024. That is my main objective. That is the main game to play for me next year. I am so looking forward to it. It's crazy that it's been four years since Remake came out. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. I feel like when they announced Remake to the point where Remake came out, that wait felt like forever. When did, when did they announce Remake? I have to look that up. Okay, yeah, so Remake was announced at E3 Damn, that's about to become a relic of the past, like talking about E3. E3 will always be a before now. Like, that's crazy to think. End of an era, pour one out. But yeah, uh, Remake got announced officially at E3 in 2015. So it came out five years later on uh, PlayStation 4. 
uh, yeah, April April tenth, twenty twenty. So five years, four years later. So yeah, it 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 is less of a wait, like the gap between announcement and rebirth remake, but uh, and then the the gap bleh, the gap from announcement to remake is longer than the gap between remake and rebirth. But the gap's only like a year, you know. Uh, it, it, technically, like it's like three years and a couple months of reading technical, but you know, four years. Uh, but it, it it felt like it. It felt like two years. You know, that's how it feels to me. It feels like I didn't wait that long for it. And I think the reason why I feel that way is because we didn't know what we were getting while we were waiting for remake to come out. While we were waiting for part one of that of this to come out. We didn't know what we were getting. We hadn't experienced it yet. We hadn't gotten to try it out yet. We we didn't have anything quite yet. So when Remake came out and we got to experience it, it was quality. Uh, for me, it was, I know some people didn't feel like it was worth the wait. That's okay. You, you are definitely, you definitely have the right to your opinion. For me, it felt like it was worth that five year wait. I was like, wow, that was amazing. I had such a good time playing that game. I gushed over it. My favorite thing about that game were, was the boss fights. Every boss fight felt unique. Every boss fight felt different from each other. It wasn't the same thing every time. You had to do different things to get different results. Unless you're just over leveled, like in replay playthroughs, you could just power through. But it, it felt it was a new like cinematic experience and fight and like. There was always a new intensity and a new layer to every boss fight that you played through. That was definitely my favorite part of playing the game. The the Rufus versus Cloud fight on the roof. Oh God, love that fight. Iconic. It, it's it is one of like the the more memorable moments in the OG Final Fantasy VII for me. It's lower on because a lot more crazy shit happens from there. That's so early in game. But it's still like a moment I remember because it's like, whoa, what the fuck is happening? So to have that fight re uh, in Remake and have it be done so well was so cool. Like Rufus using like the railgun kind of technique thing. That shit was awesome. I love that boss fight. So I, I, I know what to expect now. And they're, and they're saying it's only going to get better in Rebirth. So if Remake already set the bar, they set the bar real high for what we could expect in Rebirth. So maybe that's why I, I, I feel like the wait doesn't feel as bad because I'm confident that I'm gonna get something of quality. I could be wrong. Maybe Rebirth comes out and it's not good, but you know, I have confidence in it because of Remake. And so we'll see how it goes. And if Rebirth is good and it does just as well, if not better, then I will be super hyped for whenever part three comes out. <laughs> so we'll see we'll see maybe the wait for part three will be shorter too maybe you know they're already working on a lot of stuff and it makes it easier and easier but uh yuffie will be playable in party uh kate sith will be playable in party uh, i'm not a big kate sith fan but you know it, it could be different in in this game it could be different in the the final i call it the final fantasy 7 uh ff7 re world because we get in all these re games in it so he could be a whole new ball game for me. Uh, it is noted that Vincent, we saw him in the trailer, the latest trailer, that he will be in game. 
and I believe Sid will be as well, but those two characters will not be playable. It's going to be a similar situation uh, they have with Red 13 and Remake, where he joins the party, but he's exclusively AI controlled. He is not a playable party member. That does not mean they won't ever be playable. I'm sure they'll be playable in part three of the Reese series. It's gonna be a similar thing to Red 13. Red 13, he came in so late in game, I, I can understand why they weren't going to program a full move set uh, move system in combat for you to utilize in that game. You already had five characters. You were fine. Uh, or four characters, right? Four or five? Four. Four. <laughs> yeah, Red 13 is the fifth one. Then Yuffie, Six, Kate, Siv. Yeah. <laughs> so you already had four playable characters. You had Cloud, Barrett, Tifa, Aerith. And, and then uh, Red 13 has a computer-controlled unit. Also, Rebirth, Sephiroth is playable in the, the Nibelheim flashback. And also, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, that are big in, like, the content, content creation world, uh, especially in regards to, like, their coverage of Final Fantasy VII and especially the remake world, got to play a little, little demo, a little, little vertical slice. And they were saying good things, and I, I forget which video it was, but I'm sure a couple of people have said this already. Not only was Sephiroth playable, but he was, like, deeply playable. Like, he had a lot of stuff going on with him. Like, this this was, like, a very fully fleshed out character. Like, if they they were saying it felt like something, like, it's kind of weird that, he can, that you're allowed to do so much with him. If he's only gonna be playable for the Nibelheim flashback, you know? So they're saying like, I don't know, maybe maybe you'll get more opportunities to play as Sephiroth. It's kind of weird that you get so much with him because in the original Final Fantasy VII, you get him as a party member in the Nibelheim flashback, but not really, he's AI controlled. But it's like that feeling of like, Cloud being level one and barely doing any damage. And then Sephiroth just like move and then cast bolt three and eviscerate somebody. But now we'll we'll actually get to experience that. We'll get to like actually play as Sephiroth. And everyone was saying he was godly. So I'm I'm, mm, I'm looking forward to it, bro. I'm looking forward to how things are looking for that. So remake is number one on my list. Final Fantasy VII is is like a childhood treasure. I loved remake, so rebirth is going to come in hot with it. Uh, so that comes out February 29th. Now. <laughs> This is, this is, see, the problem with all these games is they're, they're coming out so tightly packed together. That gives me a month. <laughs> uh, if, if I wanted to play Rebirth at launch, which I do, I want to play it as soon as I possibly can. That means I got to get through Infinite Wealth in about a month. Because Yakuza 8, <laughs> Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, is coming out January 26th of 2024. Which is why I want to play um, Gaiden at the end of this year. That way I can go from Gaiden right into Infinite Wealth. Being back with my boy. They did like a story presentation trailer and a gameplay presentation trailer for Infinite Wealth recently. Looks absolutely fantastic. Looks so much fun. Looks like we're going to be able to do a lot of sh cool shit. Kiryu looks like they did a good job at finding a way to transfer him into... Uh, the turn-based style and still give him his edge from that moving action combat. Um, I'm looking forward to having a good time with it. January 26th. See, the problem with that January 26th date is not only is like, okay, 
I'm gonna finish. I'm I'm gonna finish the game before I get to Rebirth, but I want to play Rebirth as close to launch as possible. <laughs> Not only that, but Tekken 8 comes out in 2024. But you know what day Tekken 8 comes out in 2024? The 26th of January. <laughs> so I'm just like, damn, bro. I really wanted to play Tekken 8. I really wanted to hop into Tekken 8 as soon as I could. I don't think I'll be playing Tekken 8 at launch. I don't have, not only will I not have the time, but I'm not going to have the money to buy two games at one. I, I can't, within my, my budgeting brain, I'm sure I could do it and be fine. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure I could definitely do it and be fine. I could budget it just fine. But my brain's like, bro, don't fucking do that. What are you doing with your money? You know, I got very big budget brain. <laughs> so it's just like, no, no, you're not doing that. So I might have to hold off on Tekken 8 just for a little bit. Just for a little bit, when I when I get it in the pocket, I'll squeeze it in and I'll buy it because I'm looking forward to it. It looks so good. Oh my god, Steve, my boy Steve is in there. That's all I needed. That's all a boy. That's all a nigga needed to know he was getting it. Steve Fox, I'm about to box him up. Oh, I'm so excited. But yeah, so that's January 26. Uh, so for all my Tekken fans, I know y'all copping. I'll be there soon. I won't be there right away, but I'll be there a little after. I promise. I'll, I'll hop in. I'll hop in. Uh, another game coming out in February. I, I already knew I wasn't going to be picking this one up at launch just because of so many other titles. And it hadn't been like heavy on my radar, but it does look really cool the more I see it. And that is Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Uh, this game, if you know about Grand Blue, you probably, if you're a hardcore Grand Blue fan, then you you know more about it than me. <laughs> if you've only heard it in passing, that's probably because you're thinking of Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, the the fighting game that came out uh, from Arc System Works. That's getting like a an updated mo uh, updated uh, version of it, and that looks cool. I think it's called Grand Blue Fantasy Versus Rising or something like that. Uh, this looks cool as fuck though, Relink. Um, I never picked up Versus because I just never had the opportunity to have it in the pocket or the time to get it. It looked fun, so I might check out Rising depending on, uh, what people are saying about that updated version of the game because I know it fizzled out of popularity really quick, the original Grand Blue Versus. So we'll see. But Relink looks fun. It is, uh, action, uh, RP, action JRPG. You, you have like your, your your party of characters. You go out, you fight monsters. The combos look clean. Every character looks like they play very different. You get a good, good strong bit of variety, especially coming from a JRPG party. I think it's like 18 characters that you can get and you can go on missions. And the story is gonna be, I believe they said about 20 hours, but I think there's like end game that adds on more stuff. But the real big, big meat of this game are the missions you can play solo with, you know, AI controlled companions, or you can hop online with three other people and form a four man team and go on these missions, get better gear, play as a variety of different characters, do some crazy shit, watch shit blow up. Uh, the gameplay looks really good. It, it, it does like the graphics look good. The art style looks, the art style is beautiful and the graphics being at the level they are with games nowadays, just heighten that Mwah. looks, looks gorgeous. I love to see it. Um, and it, it, it just looks like a fun time is, so if you're, if you're a fan of action JRPGs or you need something that you want to hop on and play with the homies, I think this might be a game. I think this might be the game for you. This comes out February 1st, 2024. So I, I'm not going to be able to get it at launch, but eventually I will. 
Uh, it's coming out on PS4, PS5, and Windows. So you, you got a couple options. You got a couple options. If I do get it, I will be getting it on PS5. It looks fun, so check it out. If you haven't seen gameplay of it yet, go ahead and go on YouTube and just type in, like, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Uh, it's been in the works for a few years, I think. I remember hearing about this game like a couple of years ago, and that's like around the. I was like, oh, that fighting game is gonna have a different game. I didn't know too much about Grand Blue Fantasy back at that point, and I saw some stuff. I saw some like some footage, but I never really looked into it heavily. But now, as we get closer to release, they've been showing more gameplay, and I'm like, yo, this looks kind of sick. I'm not even gonna. It looks like the type of game I'd have a good time with uh, with the homies, and we could just be fucking nerds. <laughs> okay, so I talked about Metaphor. So let's hop back and talk about other stuff Atlas makes, mainly the Persona series. So I, the only Persona game I've actually like played, played like all the way through solidly, has been Persona 5. Uh, I, I never played a lot of Persona games prior to that. I hadn't played a lot of Shin Megami Tensei prior to that either. Uh, so I, I, I kind of, my gateway into the Persona, Megami Tensei, all that stuff, uh, was Persona 5. That's what got me more interested into, ooh, excuse me, the stuff Atlas was cooking. Uh, Persona 5, love it, played through it all the way through, loved it, got Royal later, played all the way through, absolutely adored it. Uh, Royal was fucking fantastic, by the way, oh my god. That third semester is beautiful. I, I did like a kind of like a retrospective-ish type of thing on the podcast for it. It wasn't like as good as something you might catch from like a more experienced YouTuber or something, but I had a good time making that collective, that that collective of podcasts. It was like four episodes, four or five episodes. And I thought I had a good time with it. I might, I may go back and do that again because, you know, recently Persona 3 and uh, it was Persona 3 Portable and Persona 4 Golden got put on Xbox Game Pass along with Persona 5, uh, Royal, I believe, all on Game Pass. So you, if you have Game Pass on Xbox, you can play those games for free. Crazy. And Strikers, which is the sequel to Persona 5. I also played that, but I played it on Switch. Weird, right? <laughs> but uh, I had a good time with all those games. And I had been thinking, I was like, you know, it's it's about time for maybe like a third Persona 5 playthrough. Who knows? But then I was like, oh, you know, it'd be kind of cool if I, I played through Persona 3 and Persona 4 since I had never played any Persona game before. Uh, and I've talked about it before, but everyone tells me I'd love Persona 4. It's right up my alley. Small town murder mystery. <laughs> so... I probably will love it. I probably will love it. The reason why I love Persona 5 so much too is is not only like the game is great, but the style. It's not like small town murder mystery or like being in the city and there's a mystery, but like the general genre I t or story settings I tend to gravitate to. It could be a small town or it could be a city. There's a mystery afoot. You don't necessarily need to be a, a detective because they were the Phantom Thieves. Uh, but you know, there's a mystery of it and there's supernatural powers. So Persona 5 was hitting my sweet spot. So I know Persona 4 will probably do the same thing because of that. And I'm pretty sure Persona 3 will too, just because there's, you know, there's mystery involved. There's stuff going on. Um, so I was thinking of doing that and then Persona 3 got its remake announced. So Persona 3 Reload, that comes out February, uh... Yeah, February 2nd. So that comes out the day after Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, so again, probably another game I'm not going to be getting at launch. 
Uh, is it gonna be on Game Pass? Because it says it's on Xbox. Uh, if it's on Game Pass, that makes this even easier <laughs> to do. <laughs> uh... It will be on Game Pass. Okay, cool. Now that makes it easier to do. I know people will probably be like, no, you should play the original first and then play Reload. I'm probably just gonna jump into Reload unless like, you know, when Reload comes out and a lot of the, you know, the people that love Persona 3, especially, are playing it and they're saying like, ah, this ain't it. If they, if they say this ain't it, Chief, then I'll just play Portable. Um, even though I heard the ports were having issues too, who knows, maybe they'll improve. But uh, what I'm thinking of doing when I finally get to Persona, after I get through everything else I'm going to be playing in 2024, Persona 3 Reload, Persona 4 Golden, my third playthrough of Persona 5, which will be my second playthrough of Royal, uh, then I'll do a second playthrough of Strikers, <laughs> and then I'll do uh, Persona 5 Tactica, the little Tactics Persona 5 game coming out, because <laughs> they can't stop making Persona 5 spinoffs. Which, in Persona 5's defense, at least every game plays different. At least, Persona 5 is your classic Persona turn-based JRPG. Strikers is like a Musou game with like action. It, it, it's more so almost like an action. It, it's more so like action JRPG combat rather than just a Musou game. I thought it was only going to be like hack and slash. I thought it was going to just play like a Warriors game. And it does in a sense when you when you fight a bunch of mobs of enemies. But also there's a lot of it, it's like they took like all the setups and like features and attributes of Persona, especially mainly Persona 5 of course, and like just put it in more of like an action combat based setting. Like the game isn't like super deep, but it's it's deeper than you would expect it to be. It, I expected to jump into this game and be like, oh, I'm just going to be pressing one button the whole time and not really doing much and things go brr. No, but you, you actively, every character has different abilities and different little gimmicks with their character that you can take advantage of. Joker has a lot of pistol tricks. Uh, Skull, he can like give himself essentially like super armor so he can charge up his big heavy swing hits. But Kodo can charge up her fist to do more devastating power combos. Uh, Haru's uh, big ass axe does crazy spinny shit, go burr. Uh, Ends like whip catches on fire. Y Yusuke has like kind of like this counter sword draw system. Like everyone plays really, really different. So you're always getting like a different like gameplay experience when you swap between your characters. So it's not all just like, just press one button and stuff happens. You, you always have something different to play uh, when you play a different character. So you're gonna have favorites. <laughs> And I was just like, wow, I was not expecting this to be as deep as it was. There wasn't like like a social link aspect too much just because of the setting they were put into. It was more of a road trip. So it is more so like the plot moves on, the plot moves on. You do have side quests and assignments, but it was very Persona at its core. And the story was pretty good too. The story was nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Vanilla Persona 5 and Persona 5 Royals like extra stuff, I think overall is better than Strikers. But Strikers was a solid game. I was like, this is a solid sequel. I was not expecting the game to be as good as it was. So uh, I'll have fun doing Strikers again. So I'm, I'm interested in Tactica because it's a tactics game. 
and I like tactics games. I like shit like that. I enjoy games like that. So give me another reason to play Persona 5. Give me another reason to play a tactics game. Mwah, sounds beautiful. So that that's the roadmap. <laughs> so just to go over my personal roadmap again before we, we wrap up. Pretty much talked about every the everything I mainly want to play coming out uh, for the rest of 2023 and 2024. So I'm finishing up Trails to Azure, jumping in the Sea of Stars, gonna head into Trails of Reverie and Trails into Reverie, Boulder's Gate 3, Like a Dragon Gaiden, Man Who Erased His Name, If I Have Time, Infinity Strash, Dragon Quest Die. For 2024, uh, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth. If I have time to squeeze it in, I will be playing Tekken 8, uh, as close to launch as possible probably will have to wait a little bit then final fantasy rebirth um when i get the chance to i will be getting uh grand blue fantasy relink and then from there the the next things i'll be doing is uh the persona playthrough so reload persona 4 golden persona 5 royal uh persona 5 strikers and persona 5 tactica <laughs> And then, of course, re, uh, Metaphor Re-Fantasia, whenever that gets an official release date. Oh, and last but not least, whenever this gets a release date, I, I talked about it earlier and I was talking about the Trails games, but Trails' most recent arc has has been in Japan this whole time. You know, we've been, we've been waiting. We've been waiting. But it's finally happening. There was a, presen a presentation from Falcom uh, a few days ago. And... I'm excited because I know people are like, oh, I hope we get this. Like, you know, uh, Cold Steel 3 and 4 are getting put on, like, PS5. That's cool. That's cool and all. But I've played those games. I own those games. I was like, where the new game? Where the Calvert game? We are getting an official English Western release of Trails through Daybreak, which is the first game to the start of the Calvert arc of the Trails series. I am super stoked. We are we are hitting more untapped territory every time we get a new Trails game. It's always in a new area, so it's always something different. But we've mainly been on the western side of the continent thus far in the world of Trails. Lemuria is this giant continent in the world of Trails, and you have continents on the or places on the western side and the eastern side. And we haven't seen a lot of the eastern side. There's a lot of eastern martial arts. We know there's a lot of Eastern turmoil going on, but we haven't seen the details of it. And Calvert's very close to a lot of people who immigrate towards it because it's like it's on the eastern side of the continent, but it's it's still not considered like Eastern Eastern Zamora, but it's it's closest. Everything we've seen, it's closest to that portion. So a lot of people immigrate there because there's a lot of trouble that Eastern uh, Zamoria goes through. And so there's a lot of immigration in Calvert. There's a lot of different things going on, and we've never really seen a lot of Calvert besides like hearing word, hearing you know, situations about its rivalry with Arabonia and how each one was trying to take over Crossbell State. A lot of government stuff. So now we're we're tapping into that eastern part of the continent and learning more about it with the start of the Calvert game. So I'm I'm so looking forward to it. Also, like they they were really hyping this up as like the second half of the trail series is about to kick off because they they've had an overarching story planned for the trails games 
since the beginning, it was more of like a skeleton. Since they did, you know, started doing the Sky games, they had those planned out, but they had future story arcs planned out, just kind of like skeletons. And as they went along and fleshed out new story arcs, they had new ideas to flesh out and fill out for the next upcoming arcs, uh, which leads to more games. They, they weren't planning on making most of the Trails arcs more than like two games, maybe even three. Uh, usually just two. Like, Cold Steel was only going to be two games, I believe. But there was so much content <laughs> and ideas they had to fit. They had to fit what originally was going to be Cold Steel 1 got split into two games. So then they knew damn well they weren't going to be able to fit whatever was going to be Cold Steel 3 into one game. So that ended up becoming four games. Which is why Cold Steel 4 is subtitled End of Saga. Because it's ending the longest story arc in Trails so far as well as ending a lot of just overarching branching story arcs that have come from games before it. And then Reverie is kind of like that cap off epilogue storyline to a lot of stuff going on in Western Zamoria involving those characters or Zamura. I, I keep saying Zamoria. I think it's Zamura. Um, so a lot of the, the main cast we'll be seeing in the new in, in Trails Through Thir Daybreak are going to be totally, totally new characters. I've already seen certain screenshots and gameplay I know there's some characters that return from previous trail games, one of them being the super, super popular Fee. Uh, <laughs> but it's cool seeing her because we we get to watch her grow up because when she first showed up in Cold Steel 1, I think she was like 14. So it's cool seeing her age because years do go by throughout the trails games. They'll say like, oh, a year or two has gone by or, you know, something like that. So Fee should be about like, maybe like 18, 19 now, I want to say by daybreak i want to say i could be wrong i'll have to look up the years but that's just cool to see it's cool to see characters grow up and mature and get stronger in age and make cameo appearances and stuff like that so it i'm looking so so i'm, I'm so looking forward to it uh new engine too so there's gonna be updated graphics and visuals you can switch between turn-based combat and action combat from what i what i know i don't know if you can freely switch to it or if there's certain portions that are action combat and certain portions that are turn-based or if there's like it's normally default turn-based but there's certain areas where if you want to switch to action combat you can but i like the fact that it gives you the option because i know a lot of people would be very upset if the trails games just suddenly were like we're only going to be action jrpgs not saying that neon falcon couldn't do it because they have the uh what's it called the eve series the eve series uh, and that's more like action-based, so it's not like they lack the experience, but Trails has always been the more turn-based uh, game. So, the fact that they gave us the option to switch between the two is pretty neat. But I can't wait to play it. It, it just has a 2024 release date. I don't think they said what, uh, what month, as far as I know. Uh, let me ch Let me double check. Summer 2024. So hopefully, uh, by the time this game comes out, let's say like, I'll have everything done but the Persona games and this game comes out. I'll play this first and then I'll hop into Persona. But, you know, we'll we'll see. But that's it, that's, that's Kyle's playlist. Heavy JRPGs. There are some fighting games in there, <laughs> you know. I, I love stuff like that. I love immersing myself into different worlds and stories. But if you were interested in any of these games, there you go. The release dates I talked about. I talked about them a bit. So look forward to playing with you guys, whatever you're going to play. I'm going to wrap up here and I'm going to head out. Uh, just a chill episode, just talking about shit I'm excited to play. 
next episode will probably be the the music talk episode so we'll talk about that get into the nitty gritty of it all but i have been hiccup hope you enjoyed me gushing over games i'm excited to play next year and in the coming months and hopefully you guys are excited too much love thank you for all the support and i will catch you in the next episode this has been the 40 ounce fridays podcast have a good night Okay, now someone told me when it's coming That I could be your plushy cuddler with you or something A weighty blanket sipping chocolate neck and golden bumping A crunchy roll get cozy, my little story, what we watching I know that you ain't want to start the combo I see the way you look at me, the fireworks been starting Ruby red cheese roasting marshmallows, how I think it's locked in But Tashi Niwa, Koku Haku, got all in my Way up, way up, way up, way up, way up, way up.